Hello and welcome to Collisions YYC. I'm your host, Tyler Chisholm. To end the show, I've got a special guest, Mr. Greg Clark, proud Calgarian, born and bred, entrepreneur, built his own startup, became the leader of the Alberta party, moved out of politics, moved back into investing, active member of community, a proud father, and someone who has a huge and deep felt belief in the success of Calgary going forward. Join me for a great conversation with Mr. Greg Clark. Well, I'm here with Mr. Greg Clark. Greg, thanks for joining me on the podcast today. Great to be here, Tyler. Greg, you are a, a, a prolific, I don't know, maybe that's the right word for someone I've known. I've had the, recently the privilege of meeting, I think back in March, I think we met maybe a week pre-COVID, but uh, you know, I've seen your face around town uh, once or twice. So for anyone who doesn't know who you are, maybe give the audience a little bit of uh, who is Greg Clark and what's your connection to Calgary? Yeah, I, I'm one of those people who's lucky enough to be born and raised here in Calgary. Uh, nice. I, uh, I I was uh, an entrepreneur uh, with a couple of great business partners, created a management consulting company. Uh, we did information management uh, within the oil and gas industry, basically helping those companies handle that overwhelming volume of documents and data that uh, they generate as part of their business. Uh, lived that entrepreneurial dream. We grew it from, from startup, uh, from an idea in my kitchen to 45 people. Uh, fantastic experience. Uh, all along the way, trying to find ways to uh, contribute to community and, and uh, help make uh, our city and our province uh, an even better place. I, I thought a lot about, as my two daughters grew up here in Calgary, uh, what kind of opportunities are they going to have? What kind of community are they going to live in? Uh, and that mindset got a little bit out of hand uh, and it led me to <laughs> <laughs> it led, any any good any good ideas worth taking yeah, too far right that's a hundred percent man we we went we went, <laughs> we went hardcore on it uh, and so that that took me down a path into politics which i frankly did not really expect um uh, you you and your listeners may know me as the former leader of the alberta party and and mla mm-hmm. for calgary elbow for four years and I loved that experience. Um, it is in the past, but it was a great experience. Uh, and you know, the parts of it that I miss today are are the people. Uh, I worked with some fabulous, just mm. fantastic people, uh, and and the constituents, and and just helping people kind of quietly in the background, behind the scenes. There's, you know, even in a constituency like Calgary Elbow, there's a, a perception that there's there's a lot of, of wealth, and therefore everything is fine. Uh, and while there certainly are some people in, in Elbow that, that have uh, have had a pretty good run of it, a lot of people are struggling in a lot of different ways, um, even in even in better times before what we're dealing with right. now. So there's a lot of that work that I really, really enjoyed. Got to work with some excellent staff and some other, other MLAs from all parties, actually, are pretty thoughtful people. The public service was great. Um, but subsequent to that, I've, I've had a chance to uh, spend some more family time, which has been incredible uh well building an entrepreneurial company from from your kitchen table to 45 people and then moving into politics in a leadership role that doesn't leave that that occupies a lot of a guy's time i would imagine also personally it was all encompassing yeah you know yeah you're you're on the road a lot right i mean uh if you're a calgary mla you're you're in edmonton a lot uh and when you're not Mm -hmm. you're probably traveling the rest of the province to to meet with people and and travel on committees and all kinds of stuff so you know it was on, on one level, once we got through all of the post-election, you know, wind down, uh, you think, yeah, it's kind of nice. You've got some time on your hands. Uh, I wonder in some ways if it's not 
that different from what a lot of people experienced in this whole time we're living through now. At first, hey, that's kind of fun. It's interesting. I don't have to leave the house to go to work. I, I Maybe I've got a chance to binge some Netflix and catch up on shows and uh, bake and do whatever. Uh, but pretty quickly, that actually becomes a, a bit... Um, a, a bit tedious maybe, or, or it's a different way of being, you know, and I think you're right when, when you're used to going a hundred miles an hour, not having that uh, can be a challenge. And, and so that, that took a little bit of getting used to, you know, on the whole uh, it, it's been nice to, to slow down a bit. Uh, but that's now, you know, more than a year in the past. So it's been, uh, it's been good now to ramp up into some new things. Oh, interesting. So from your, your transition out of politics, it's only been in the last 12 months. For, I wasn't sure when you transitioned out of politics officially. I didn't have that kind of date in my mind. So that was a bit in the, like about, about a year ago. Yeah. Election was uh, spring of 2019. Uh, and all oh, right, of course. Yeah. Uh, just tie it back to that, that yeah, big, yeah, yeah. that event. Uh, and, uh, my, my wife was, was very, uh, very generous in, in, uh, suggesting that I, I not dive right back into the workplace immediately and, and take mm-hmm. a summer to reconnect the family and, uh, just, you know, go outdoors a little bit and, and do those sorts of things. Uh, so that was very good. Uh, and uh, uh, so, so you know, that started me down a, a different path to have an opportunity to um, just look at what else is out there and, and what, uh, mm-hmm. how I may be able to, to scratch a few of those, you know, community building and, and business building itches. Well, yeah, for, you know, really to take that moment to identify what is truly important to you and then kind of bolt it together. We're going to get into a little bit, obviously, talking about economic transformation in Calgary over, overall. But I'm just curious, and this is me, just my curiosity always gets the best, better of me, which is a good thing and a bad thing. How was the transition from running an entrepreneurial business and a startup and growing it to 45 people in a, in a service business, so very you know high people, high engagement, to moving into politics? Was it a big difference? Like, did you, Was that a big transition for you from... I understand one. I don't really understand the other. So I'm looking for some comparison just for my own information. The single biggest difference is in, in business, we can choose, pick and choose our markets and pick and choose our clients to some degree, mm. you know, I mean, you, you, ah, okay. whereas in, in politics, quite rightly, every single person has a voice and, and every single person deserves to be heard. Now, uh, as I, I sometimes say to my family, everyone gets a say, but not everyone gets their way. Uh, so you need to, that uh, feels like a solid dad saying, it, 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 I, I, got, I got a ton of them. <laughs> you know, uh, so, uh, but you know that 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 is, I think, a, a you know an, a, a, an interesting challenge in politics because absolutely everybody does have a voice. Finding a way of balancing all of that and actually hearing people out and picking a direction can be challenging, and that can be challenging right. from a, a just a, a, a how we govern perspective. Even in opposition to you know you, you are part of government broadly speaking and in, 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 you know contributing to how legislation has passed. I didn't outvote anybody. I, in fact, I, I got outvoted 86 to one on, on a few occasions. Uh, but, you know, even internally in, in, in your own political party, uh, managing some of that process is, is a, is, can be a challenge. Now, I also think it's not uh, impossibly different from uh, the private sector or the not-for-profit sector or any other, okay. where you have numbers of people in your organization who, who should who ought to have a, a view on things, uh, and and you know, in a healthy organization, you're actually going to have a little bit of that conflict, a little bit of that to and fro on where we need to go and what strategy we need to pursue, and all of that. So, so it wasn't that different. Uh, it's just mm-hmm. a, a just a little bit of a different context. 
Yeah, it's interesting compare. I could, we, I think we could spend a whole. Uh, I could because I'm curious, but what's not on terms of just the difference and and you know the the speed of one versus the you know maybe the red tape of another and all that. But let's talk about you know obviously big broad sweeping term, and I love to throw it out because it is a buzzword: economic transformation in Calgary. It's you see it everywhere. You hear about it. What does it really mean from your perspective? Someone who's been in private practice, worked in the oil and gas sector, run, built his own business, worked in government. Uh, what like what's the last five ten years like this? We've been on this journey. What you know when you think economic transformation? What does that where? How does that resonate or land with you when you think about Calgary and this journey that we're on? So I, I see. I consider myself an optimistic realist. Um, so you know, not Pollyanna <laughs> about uh, about things. And and you know there are tremendous challenges in our city, our province, in our world, and then that transcends COVID obviously has a huge yes, impact yes. and I'm sure we'll talk a bit about that. I think there's amazing opportunity in Calgary and tremendous uncertainty. So I, I think of a good friend of mine who uh, is a finance guy, uh, primarily pretty much entirely his whole career oil and gas. So he's now uh, not quite 50 years old, but close. Um, and, and he's transitioned into cannabis. So his world now is very unsettled. Uh, it's a pretty, you know, up and down, kind of rock and roll. Uh, you get in with, you know, it seems like a fabulous opportunity, uh, but it's really unsteady. Um, so he's bouncing around a bit and he's struggling with, you know, these smaller companies. So what I what I see happening is, is a transition from a small number of large um, anchor kind of magnet foundational organizations in a single industry and all the adjunct pieces okay. yep. being oil and gas to a large number of small ventures, most of whom you've never heard of that are, you know, two to 10 people. Uh, and most probably won't last more than five years, but some will and some will grow. And, and we're really, I think, the early stage of that curve. You know, the good news is we're on the curve and we're actually not at the very beginning. You know, we're probably, to, to borrow a very famous phrase, we're probably nearing the end of the beginning, uh, but we're still right. early okay. days. Uh, and so that just feels different. You know, I think that feels different for our city. I think our city is used to having kind of a dominant, you know, few players, you know, and yes, there was plenty of junior oil and gas, but there was a pretty clear yep. pathway there. There was an ecosystem there that kind of, you grew it to a certain level and you sold it on to the next group and you kind of re quote retired for six months yeah. and then you got bored there, and you started there, it again. There was a bit of, there, there was a formula essentially. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. So, so that's different. Uh, and, and it just takes a bit of getting used to, I think for our city, but at the same time, I think a lot of the ingredients are there. I think we have a, uh, without question, uh, very talented people. Um, I, uh, I think the talent piece, and we can talk a bit about that, I think still needs further development. Um, but we do have an entrepreneurial culture. I think that is true. Uh, and I think it is the kind of city that you can get a meeting with people. I actually think that the kind of company we built, I don't think we could have built it in Toronto or even Vancouver. Mm. Uh, you know, we built our company by walking to the corner office of a tall tower in downtown saying, hey, we've got this idea. What do you think? And the answer was, yeah, okay, you know what, We could. I can see where we might need a, a company like that in Calgary. We'll give you a chance. We had to deliver. You obviously you have to be capable and, and, and deliver good product or good service. But I think there's an, element, an essence there to our city and our province that, that is actually a huge advantage. Uh, and in tough times, I think maybe we don't see it. Uh, that's an interesting insight. I, you know, I, I've heard that from many guests. I, I grew up back east, even you know, building the marketing company here. I've said many times, I don't think I could have done this in another city. Like, I don't think I would have had the same opportunities. And mm -hmm. I always joked when I first moved to Calgary from from back east, and it was like if 
and there was this level of abundance thinking that if, you know, if we could be successful together and if you had value and you could show me that you had value, I'd give you a chance. And I don't think you run into that in the same way in every jurisdiction. I do think that Calgary, that's one of our, that's one of our value propositions. That's hard to put your hands around, but when you experience, you're like, oh, you start to take it for granted a little bit. So you go to other markets and the doors don't open that way. They just, they, in my experience, they just don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that's true. I do think Calgary is still the kind of city where you can get a meeting. Now, this transition, I think a lot of people, again, you know, my, my, fr- my friend, I think is a good example. It creates a lot of stress. You know, there's a lot of tension there. Um, and I think we need to acknowledge that fact. And I think that both industry and government broadly have, have an obligation. I need to do a better job of showing people where they fit in that uncertain future. Uh, I think that's especially okay. true how do, right now. Yeah. How, how, do you, how do you, how do you mean? Like, I get it, but I don't really get it at the same yeah. time. Like, so when you say how, and how, and how, I guess the role of government or the role of larger, when you say industry, larger industry of like providing a little more of those pockets for some of that innovation or those five to 10 person entities that you talked about? You know, I think even the tech sector, you know, even some of the smaller companies to just say, okay. you know, here's the sorts of skills that we're looking for and here's how you acquire those skills. And here's where you might fit. Uh, Cause a lot of the talk right mm, now is, geez, okay. you know, am I, can I get AI'd out of my job? You know, is a robot going to take my job? Do I have a future? Yeah, yeah, the, uh, yeah. The fear, the there's a fear. There's a lot of fear, there's some fear questions floating around. There, there is, and and that will be an uneven transition. Um, so I think you know, government's role generally needs to be foundational, right? To put the foundational pieces in place, not necessarily to pick one or two winners uh, in a particular sector, um, but to have strong education systems have a very strong public education system that's responsive and and just as a sidebar you know watching how teachers and in our kids experience the online learning work pretty well actually and my daughters are grade grade 10 and grade 7 that was actually pretty good so i give teachers in the system responded pretty well to this crisis and at least my personal experience Um, look at the post-secondary system I, i think it can't the status quo can't can't return. I mean, I, I was listening to uh, your recent discussion with, I think, Ryan Gill uh, from Communo. And I think mm-hmm. you, you made the point, uh, you know, we're never going back to the status quo. What was the past is just never coming back. You know, we can't hope for it. It'll never come back post-COVID. And so the world marches on. And, and so I think that is true also of, of post-secondary as well. Um, I, I don't think it needs to be torn down and 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 thrown away, and, and and but I think that we need to be more nimble, more responsive, more focused on the skills of today, um, and and that's that's both you know hard tech skills, um, but also critical thinking skills, right? It doesn't mean that we you know I'm I'm a, a, a liberal arts grad from years ago. That's that's sort of my background, okay. but I think those skills are as important. I just think we need to make sure we're identifying exactly how that fits into this new world that we're building. That's interesting you know, because you talk about, you mentioned about talent and you know the challenges. There's the jobs we need today that we're short on, but you know, do we have enough optics on the jobs we need three years from now or five years from now? That whole, like, you know, when's the best time to plant a tree? Well, 20 years ago. But on, aside from that, let's plant it today because then we you know, may as well get the process started. You know, do you find with the education system in Alberta, post-secondary primarily, that they're are they future pacing enough? Are like do, it's so hard the crystal ball. Do we know enough to even anticipate and get those programs in place now that we're putting out the right talent pool in three to five years or ten years? And I know that's almost impossible to plan that far out these days. Yeah, I, I think they're on the path. I, I do. There's, I, there's no question. There's there's an understanding and an acknowledgement that it needs to happen. 
Um, a, a company that I'm currently involved with uh, is working with uh, as a as a, a co-op placement, essentially a work placement for one of these programs. Okay. Um, and I, I will say the uh, the results are mixed. They're not terrible. But it's not mm-hmm. perfect. Um, but I think at this okay. stage, that's not the worst thing. I, I, I think there is a, 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 you know, in our experience, there has been a, a receptiveness to, uh, to, to, to the feedback that we're providing them, both in terms of just the types of things that, that some of these, it's, it's a work transition out of oil and gas into a, a tech, you know, technical careers kind of stream. Okay. Um, yep. You know, and, and so, is that the program that CD is involved with? I can't remember. You no, know, I actually right don't now. know specifically. Uh, okay, you know, yeah, sorry. I had Mary Moran on yeah. a, a few months ago, and she brought up a program that sounded fantastic. And she said, "Well, it's kind of prototype in early days, and it was a it was a very long acronym that I can't recall right at the moment." So you know, I, I guess you know our, our our feedback has been that that there's you know it's 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 not really long. It's only a few months. Uh, and you know, I, I used to teach business management at the, the U of C, and 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 it was 13 weeks, and we'd kind of go through one piece every week. Uh, my joke mm-hmm. was, you you know, I, I'm afraid I can't teach you all the finance and accounting in three hours. Everybody knows you needed at least half a day, right? I'm oh, sure I, you gave it a good college try. We, we sure did. We had lots of fun. I I like that stuff. I was kind of fun. Tried to make it fun, uh, but I think this is similar. You know, you know, both in terms of just the amount of timeline we're putting into it, but also the you know, can you really give people a taste of web development in a week and two weeks of Python and, you know, and a week of database. Yeah. And then, you know, maybe yeah, to a level beyond just piquing their interest versus actually being able to take it out as a skill and apply it somewhere in a commercial application. Essentially. Well, that, that's right. So like you say, planting trees, some of it is just a question of it takes a bit of time. Uh, and, and the other factor is you, you know, may, maybe you do just need to, to, to get after it. And, and, and I think, you know, when I say industry has an obligation, I think there needs to be an understanding that, you know, a lot of this is going to be a learning journey for a lot of the people who are uh, new to the industry. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and so I think we need to be, be, be okay that we just don't have the answers. Like, well, we which is, yeah. And, and, and then I think and that's hard sometimes it's high perform. We want to have the answers and as leaders, we want to be like, no, this is the path. No questions asked, but the test and learn is like, that's, that's daily these days. It feels like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I, exactly. And, and, and realizing there is no perfect, you're, you're never finished, mm-hmm. right? That's, that's a process yeah. that's going to go on forever. So I see a lot of good things are, are happening there. There's a lot, I think there is an acknowledgement that we do need to work on the talent gap. Um, you know, at the same time, uh, I think an important foundational piece of, of this, this tech career piece that we're looking at is uh, Calgary is a great place to live. You know, our, our, yeah, our yeah. The quality of life here is fantastic. Yeah, the quality. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think again, we, we shouldn't, um, you know, uh, uh, t- talk to me in, 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 you know, February, March about the quality of life as I get, you know, grinding uh, last winter grinding wasn't so winter. bad i mean i don't know i think it's okay yeah no, no, it's as, as we sit here on a nice sunny july day with no thunderstorms or tornadoes on the forecast but that doesn't mean anything <laughs> exactly we're lucky there but you know i i actually do think that that over time that is actually the ace in the hole for our city and our province um hmm. it's it's an island of of real stability uh, a very successful diverse multicultural place in in a pretty chaotic world a very chaotic world. Um, and hey, it's not perfect here. As you know, as we talk, the city council's just wrapped up three days of, of, of uh, hearings on, on, uh, on systemic racism. And that's a very yes. real experience for people in our city today, right now. Uh, it, it, you know, we talk to indigenous people, there's a lot, a lot of work to do. 
Um, so by mm -hmm. no means are we perfect here, and I don't think that we should be, uh, you know, naive or, or dismissive of that. Um, and I think we're starting in a strong place because I think there's an acknowledgement here of the work that needs to happen. I, I think a genuine desire um, by business and government to really truly do something about it. And I think that actually creates a very strong platform for us. I, I think Calgary and Alberta is among, if not the most successful multicultural communities anywhere in the world. Uh, and so, you know, that creates- I appreciate, an, I appreciate that perspective. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, so I, I think that creates a, 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 an attractiveness piece to our, our, our city and, and a, a real strength from a business perspective and, and ideas and innovation, entrepreneurship, all of that. Um, I might. Well, I, I always joke, we need everybody off the bench right now. We need everybody on the court to bring their ideas, bring their perspectives, because the, the change that needs to happen in the city to move us forward to a place of strength economically, no group should be excluded from from participating in that change. In well, and then I'd that's go, just, that's a wasted opportunity. I, I'd go, yeah, I'd go even further. We're not going to succeed if people are excluded. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, and so we need yes. to create well, well conditions, said. you know, yeah, exactly where, where, where that can happen. I think, look, I, my wife is from the UK. Uh, the other day, she'll kill me if she ever listens to this. But she said, you know, I, I, <laughs> I, I can make no promises. She might. She might. But she said, you know, I, I feel like the mama, the, the mama whale who came to the warm waters to uh, to raise her calves, kind of thing, right? And I'm like, well, first off, <laughs> I, I'm not going to accept the premise. I have not heard that. I have not heard that metaphor before. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, that was a that was a weird one, but I, it's actually quite true, right? She, you know, uh, we we certainly had had some conversations about it. Do we go to the UK? Do we live in London? You know, is that an option? And um, and you know, it's it's it is a great place to raise family. So back to what that means for economic transition. I, I think yes. there's a lot of talented people who are from here and they go all over the world, Silicon Valley, Toronto, all over the world. Um, but if there's opportunity here and there's enough of an ecosystem, a lot of people as they you know hit their 30s, 40s, and they're raising kids are thinking, it's really expensive to live in those places. It's not yep. all that safe. Um, you know, the school systems aren't very good. The healthcare system's a bit of a disaster. Uh, you know, I, maybe I can come home. You know, I'd be a little closer to the grandparents. Uh, and that, that I think, is, a, is something that is a real advantage for us. And I think as long as we can keep focusing on high quality of life here, um, then I think that we're going to find that talent also comes back to Calgary and we re-import it. I like that. I know there's been a lot of talk around, oh, you know, young talent leaving the city. I also appreciate that sometimes people need to go out and explore and see other things. And, you know, you, back to perspective, you don't always necessarily truly value living in the house down the street from where you grew up. You need to go out and see the world. But I love the metric on like who's coming back, who, who knows, you know, because sometimes you go away from home and you go, oh, wow, it was pretty good there. <laughs> we had something good going on. And the idea of bringing talent back and then also they've gone out into the world and acquired new skills and new perspectives and worked in different different industries, bringing that back to Calgary. To me, that's a, that's kind of a 10Xer, like it's got those, or to contribute to some of those ability to raise the bar faster. Mm -hmm. You mentioned about the, the, you know, the opportunity of, you know, with the large, you know, kind of the super major kind of mindset versus getting into a lot more of the, you know, just for lack of a better description, the five to 10, you know, person companies. Anything you see, like, I guess, uh, good or bad, or, you know, I never want to, I don't want to be negative here, but at the same time, I want to be realistic. What do you see in terms of things in the city? Like, are we building an infrastructure that's going to help those types of the size of organizations and innovation and in different industries be successful? Like, are we, do we have the right programs in place? Is there things that we're doing that are maybe getting in the way of that from a red tape perspective or funding, lack of it or access? Any thoughts there? 
Yeah, I think access to capital is huge, uh, and yeah. uh, you know some of that's a cultural question. I, I, you know, Ryan Gill had a great line. He said, "It hurts when you're not loved in your own city." Right. Like, <laughs> yes, you know, I remember when he said that. Yeah, I was, him like, and I have talked about that offline. That <laughs> struck me. That really struck me. And 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 so, but but the good news is, you know, again with 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 you know, you look mm-hmm. at, at Benevity and what they're doing. You, you look at, uh, um, you know, what Ryan's done with Communo and and uh, and other great companies. And there's just lots and lots of those sorts of examples um, mm-hmm. that I think that's changing pretty quickly. Uh, and I think that, 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 you know, success breeds success. So the more of those sorts of stories, you know, the more of those that show up in fast company, when you've got really cool things happening with, um, you know, Hollywood productions being, um, <laughs> yeah, that, that was, that was a great piece of media. I was really happy for them in that run because yeah. it, not only brought great attention to, you know, a local, you know, local born, but uh, what's a Calgary? Oh, that's where that cool things are happening. Like that's a great guilty by, you know, a few of those messages and all of a sudden what's a Calgary starts to take on a different meaning in people's minds. Yeah. Yeah, And I, I so, you know, I, I don't, I don't have a particular critique. I mean, the, the investors of today are the operators of yesterday, right? The people who built the company, um, who, yep. who ended up, you know, making a, a decent return and, and now are in a position to invest. So, you know, traditionally in Calgary, not exclusively by any means, traditionally that's been oil and gas generally. Yes, and it, so yeah, there's an understanding, right? There's an understanding of what it takes, what the technologies are involved, what geology is like, what the uh, expected return might be, what a risk profile is. Um, you know, same thing in real estate. You, it, you've got hard, tangible assets. You've got some expertise. Uh, and that ecosystem worked really well for a long time. And I hope it continues to work well into the mm-hmm. future. I, I think there's a there, there is a, a story there for, for Calgary to continue participating in the oil and gas uh, world. I don't think we should shy away or move away from that. And I think there needs to be a reset of, of what it means to invest in tech. It's a different ballgame. Yes. You know, you're moving much more quickly. You're fast failing things. I mean, you're in and out in six months. Um, so, you know, I've recently invested in a, a local uh, data science and artificial intelligence company called RA2. Um, and I'm on their board oh, nice. now. Uh, and it's just a different mindset, you know. We're 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 the, the strategy is is a it's a one pager, and then we're, we execute that strategy for six months. Um, but along the way, you learn a tremendous amount. Technology changes, the market shifts, uh, and and so, uh, you know, even literally in the couple of months I've been in the company, the framework for what I uh, we agreed for me to be investing in is now shifting a bit, and and that's that's good. Because what we are, know now, which is very different than three months ago, says there's more opportunity over here. And so, so we shift, you know, and, and that, that I understand from an investor perspective and from a capital perspective can be pretty unsettling. Um, right. But it's also not that, you know, a lot of these companies don't need $50 million. Most of them don't, you know, it's, it's also a much smaller amount. So I, I do see some of that mindset starting to change the venture capital, the angel investing. There is a reasonable um, uh, ecosystem in Calgary. I think there needs to be more. And I would hope that there's uh, an understanding that that's going to be a big part of how we, how we take this thing forward. I've had a lot of guests kind of share that mindset of just the, you know, we, anything we can do to help people understand and learn that to invest in these different industries, it's going to be a different experience. And it might feel a little bit scary or certainly uncomfortable because it's not the, it's not the model about, you know, that the formula, the Calgary had a formula for investing and, and, you know, return on that where in tech, it's very, very different. And I've, you know, I've had some guests come on and, you know, basically say flat out, like we need to get more homegrown. Like we, 
our need to go abroad to bring capital back here is is hurting us. And they said it's it's changing slowly. And again, everyone has different perspectives. But you know, I guess is that just a matter of time, education? Like you know, maybe. And I don't know this. Do we have programs in place that are? or enough programs in place, I should say, that are helping some of those investors to just get more comfortable with this different type of, like even for yourself, was that a journey you went on or did you reach out or find support in the ecosystem just to help yourself as an, just purely Greg the investor? Yeah, I, I did do a little bit of reaching out within uh, kind of local networks, although I did most of that work on my own. Um, mm-hmm. it, like any good investment, I think a lot of it's relationship-based as well. Uh, and and yes, just getting yeah. we're to- still, We're still, hu- we're still right? humans working it, with other humans. We, we right? really are. Yeah. And so just getting to know you know, yes, the idea matters, um, but really the people behind it matter more. And that's not unique by any means to tech, of course. I think yeah. that really applies. Well, I, I like to call out that it's still true because <laughs> sometimes in this age of technology and, you know, us being on a, on a, on a podcast, not even being in the same room together, it's like, oh no, it's about the technology. No, no, the technology is there just to connect the people <laughs> as it always has been. <laughs> uh, look, I, I, I think it's actually maybe even more true now um, when, when you're investing in tech, especially if, um, you know, it, it's something that the investor doesn't fully understand, you know, sort of breaking the Warren Buffett mm-hmm. principle of you don't understand it, don't invest in it. Um, you know, I think it, you don't necessarily need to understand the absolute guts of every bit of technical you know, technology well, that goes it, into it, 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 it could be argued that you that it's not possible. Well, that, it's, <laughs> you know, fair, fair. D- depending on where, where, you know, if it's something new and it's emerging and it's being discovered as it's being evolved, then it's almost that's a fool's errand to even think you could. <laughs> well, that, that's right. So, so it comes back to the people, um, and then and then some basic business sense. At the end of the day, you have to decide you're going to do something. I mean, the, the you know the, the thing about yes about software or building apps is, it, you know, you're building a house. You can't build floor three before you build floor two. Um, you can be ninety five percent done technology forever. Uh, and and never really finish, right? So at some point you need to put a marker down and say this is a thing we're going to take the market, uh, and just having the, the. Well, I heard something the other day that stuck with me. It's like you know, if you're not embarrassed of your of your first go to market, you waited too long. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, wow, that's an interesting mindset. I've never heard it said that way. It stuck with me. I've repeated it clearly. <laughs> Made a mark. <laughs> I, I agree completely, absolutely. And and again, that's uncomfortable too, right? It's not for everybody. Uh, uh but you got to. But be, that doesn't know, apply when you think of a large. You know, if I'm going to build a large oil and gas facility, a large cap. Like large multi-million dollar capital expenditure, I I got to know that thing's going to work the way it's supposed to work from a safety environment to like you know I I can't just kind of be pro- could be happy with the end results. It's a very different like build like if I'm going to be a builder, those are two different mindsets to build something. Yeah, it, it is. Yes, yes, it is. Um, but at the end of the day, you know what what Calgary's really all about is it's about finance uh, and it's about entrepreneurship and it's about execution. Um, mm. Those are absolutely transferable to technology or really anything else. Yeah, interesting. So with 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 RA2 because you've been involved with it, um not to, you want to give a let's give a quick plug. What what do they what do they do or do you want to give a quick little cuz I'd love to cuz now it's real. So you know, I'm curious what programs they've been able to take advantage of. Has the city been there with all of its infrastructure from startup to platform to CD to CDL like sorry, it's just acronym. I could go I could go all day with acronyms. Has the infrastructure been there for a company like that to be able to feel supported at every step of their journey? You know, I I think I don't know if I can directly answer that question because I haven't been with them okay. every step of the way. I know they have reached That's out right. to a number of these different uh, different organizations. Uh, at the same time, this is a, a pretty um, strong group of, of homegrown talent 
building you know, okay. uh, artificial intelligence in downtown Calgary. Um, so what RA2 does is it, it's a data science company and, and it's, and what, what attracted me is it's about fixing the polarization problem and, and not just politically, that's actually kind of a sidebar. It really is about connection uh, and communication being a better way to build a community and build a brand than division hmm. uh, and, and discord. And that seems to be, in short supply these days. <laughs> I mean, we we seem yes, to. Yeah, yes, know, it does. It's, it's all we do is discord well, to, the, like, to the right? point of, but the point of everyone just digging, just like entrenching deeper with their beliefs. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but you know, I, I guess I, I see I see the work they're doing as the difference between talking at someone and talking with someone, uh, and so they. Okay, inter- oh, interesting. So more of a socially engaged, socially engaged, because you think big data, you think behind the scenes, you think you know how to run the company better, but this is actually focusing on how people communicate and engaging around ideas and concepts. Concepts and and, and uh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. So they've got some some machine learning and uh, AI uh, that that will read text and intuit the values that are inherent in that text. And I think of it as kind of a grammarly for values. And so if it will interpret a piece of text and say, well, the values implicit in these words are quite conservative or care a lot about other people or you know care about the future. Yeah. Uh, and so when you respond to that. Why don't you use these words, not those words? Now you're not saying different things. You're not. You're not. You're still. The message is still the same. We're just using language that will connect people uh, and create uh, some common ground between what might be quite different positions and perspectives on the world as a baseline. So now we're talking together with one another. I say something, you acknowledge it back, and now we're having a conversation. We have a much better chance of 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 of. Whatever that message might be, it might be a brand message. It, it, you know, mm-hmm. the, the micro targeting that companies do now through social media and online advertising yes. can really create a messy brand, where two different people in the same household have a totally different understanding of the same brand, because the messages that are targeted to them are so fine tuned. Uh, and so, you know, brands are starting to find that that's actually not a great dynamic. So, is there a way that they well, can yeah, create that has, that has longer term yeah. consequences? That has longer term consequences, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it does. So, so yeah, that's that, and that's it. That's the essence of what this company is all about, and and yeah, uh, it certainly fits my values of what uh, what I think we need in the world. Very, very, very cool. Well, and you know, it, back to your Warren Buffett comment about don't invest what you don't understand, but you know, investing in what you believe in is is a different twist on that kind of same statement, right? <laughs> yeah, a- a- absolutely right. And and uh, so it's been good. And and I think the other thing as a as a certainly early stage investor, often you're also you know, it's not a traditional big board of directors kind of, you know, that old saying nose in fingers out kind of thing. Um, (laughs) There is a lot more, there's a lot of fingers in, right? There's a lot of process that needs to be built. It's got to be the right size. It can't be overly bureaucratic, but it can't be arbitrary either. So certainly in my experience, I'm finding, and I think a lot of uh, early stage investors would would say the same thing, that they're pretty active with the company to some degree uh, in, in trying to build some good process. So whatever that is can be successful. I've had a few uh, startup, like, you know, f- five people, 10 people, 15 people in companies, startup kind of CEOs on the show kind of earlier on. And that was one of the comments that one of the made, uh, Colin Zope actually made the comment of like, you know, we don't, we don't just need your money. We actually want your help and your mentorship and your guidance. So we want to work with people that have maybe stepped on the landmines before we step on them and understanding that, that willingness to partner with. And it's not just putting in the money, it's the talent, the support, the, the experience, the gray hairs, if you will around the room to start balancing out of, like you said, like I might not understand this, but there still is fundamental business principles behind this whole thing. Yeah. Look, you need a business plan, right? It doesn't need to be 50 yep. pages long, but you need to know yes. 
who you're targeting, where they are, how you're going to get at them, how much it's going to cost. You know, do you have some evidence that there's someone willing to pay that amount of money? Uh, <laughs> that they actually care know, that, about what you're that's doing? That's right. <laughs> you, know, you might think you're a genius. You may very well be, but you could be the only one who cares about what it is you're doing. And and then you just, you got to manage your expenses. You got to know where the cash flow is coming from. You got to, hey, you know what, like it or not, the CRA wants their money every month for payroll remittance, right? I mean, that you know, those those sorts of things, right? And <laughs> So what I'm hearing is the fundamentals matter still. <laughs> for, yes, and, but, you know, uh, I think, you know, I, I guess if you wrap that up into a bundle called governance, um, to me, good governance is really enabling of, of success. Uh, you know, I think often governance mm. is seen so that, That's as, an interesting way to frame, yeah. Uh, you know, it, it's seen as this sort of bureaucratic, boring, you know, top-down kind of process. Uh, to me, it best governance of all is essentially invisible, where you've got great process and you're just not worried. You're not worried that the bookkeeping isn't done, that the payroll remittance hasn't gone in, that um, you know the taxes haven't been paid or whatever. You know those you can't right. obviously you can't ignore those things, um, and and so those are things I think sometimes that early stage companies can 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 fall into those those holes because they're too, so focused on the technology and and not really worrying about that other stuff. Well, and very, very, you know, and we've worked, I've worked with a lot of companies like that from even a branding communications. They didn't get into it often to do that work. They got into it to do the thing that they're passionate about. And very re- rarely is that payroll remittance, unless that happens to be what they're re- evolving <laughs> or, or creating technology around. And I think that's the challenge when you get those first early stage, because you've got passion, you've got technical expertise. Uh, you don't often have that administrative side is not why most people put up their hand to, to build something. Yeah. No, it makes sense. So, uh, a couple of questions I love to ask, and I, I never, I don't like asking canned questions, but these are ones I, I'm always curious because people come up with so many different answers. Uh, this is one of my faves. If you're, if you're gonna, if we're gonna, you and I, we're gonna spend the afternoon. We're gonna build a dashboard for Calgary. The whole goal of this dashboard is that we could sit back, you know, a week from now, or a month from now, or three months from now, and go, what lets us know we're moving in the right direction? What are the indicators? You know what is happening, and like, okay, you know, we got to check over there, but uh, you know what, we're getting some progress there. So, if you were going to throw up your dashboard, what would be a couple of things that you would look for personally to let us know that we're moving in the right direction economically as a city? Yeah, I, th- I think we'd start to see capital flow a little more freely into uh, into okay. the tech sector and startups. Um, you know, I, I think the provincial government looks like they're moving in that direction, and I think that's encouraging. And I certainly hope that continues. Uh, certainly, private capital as well. You know, both both domestically, private capital within Calgary and 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 the province, but also from outside of the province, uh, in a in a in an even bigger way. I think maybe you start to see people moving home, right? People who are, have established themselves uh, with uh, you know next economy careers, uh, coming back from wherever, um, either moving that company to Calgary. Um, you know, perhaps with the help of something like an OSIF or, or even just doing it inherently because it makes sense, right? Because we've got obviously abundant uh, office space and, and you know, reasonable cost of living and all of those sorts of things. Um, and, it, you know, I think we start to see some of those things start to happen. I think we see uh, Calgary. I think Calgary's always been a destination for immigration. I, I think, mm-hmm. you know, it starts to tick up even more. Uh, I remember in the kind of 2000 to 2007 kind of time frame, you know, real estate prices, all of a sudden the price of a house is now on par with the kind of Vancouver, Toronto, Montreal kind of level, not the Winnipeg, Regina, Saskatoon kind of level. Right. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and at, at the moment it appears we may be kind of moving back into a little bit 
of where we were, uh, those sorts yeah, of indicators. From our, the, right? the, 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 the forecasts and predictions around that are a little bit- Pretty dire at the moment. Now, I, I'm yeah. I'm more optimistic, I think, than those predictions. I actually think there's a um, there's an awful lot to this city um, uh, that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we, we, we're, we're big enough now, I think we create our own weather in a lot of ways. You know, we're what, million, million three uh, who live here uh, that creates a lot of domestic economy just, just locally. So I actually end up, I personally am a little more optimistic on that front. Um, maybe I'm hopelessly naive. I don't know. So I, I think those are some of the kinds of things. And, 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 and I <laughs> yeah. think, you know, yes, I suspect we're going to end up with more benevity types, um, you know, more solium capital types that are, that are billion dollar mm-hmm. companies that are, that have profile beyond Calgary. Um, but I also think we're going to have a whole bunch of RE2s. That are just you know small you know five to ten to twenty people um, doing really interesting work in their corner of the universe, uh, making a big difference, creating uh, an ecosystem of technical talent that now starts to swap in between and trade around with each other, and and that kind of create again. Yeah, that- I, I think I think that's a that's a that's a huge growth factor when yeah. you start getting that movement, and then everybody's learning from everyone else, and then bringing that across the street. And I think that that you know when the invest when the ecosystem is small, I've heard that that's a that's a struggle. Even you know for a, a net new talent to come here from somewhere else, you know they're already thinking, what's my next transition in eighteen months or twenty four months? Well, and, and you know you you you, you attract some some talent talented person from Toronto to work in a, in a company um, and her spouse uh, doesn't, you know, does the it works in the same industry. They don't want to work in the same company. Do you have two companies, five companies that sort of fit that area where those people can both come and work, but not necessarily work at the same firm? You know, those, those sorts of things. I, I think those to me will be the indicators that we're, um, that, that, we're, that we're on the right track. Because you're right, some of the some of our competitive markets, the Toronto's, the Waterloo's, the Silicon Valley's, the Vancouver's, they have that suite of options, you know. And I think that that's a little bit where we're we're working towards it. But that's definitely one of the things I agree with you. I, I like that one a lot because if people don't feel they have options and possibilities, they make different they make different choices. At, at you know, at the end of the day, thoughts on um, if you were going to take two industries in Calgary that maybe don't. If we're going to take two industries in Calgary, we're going to throw them in a room for the afternoon so they could learn from each other because maybe they just don't do enough of it. Any thoughts on which industries you think could dovetail together a little bit? Or well, let's be blunt. Let's bang them together and, and see see what can come out of it from maybe I've solved this problem that you haven't even, that you're thinking about solving, but I didn't know because I'm in my little silo, which we all end up being in one way or another. You know, I, I guess maybe I'll, I'll answer that a slightly different way. I, I want to sure. give give credit to... Uh, what I see happening in oil and gas, um, I, 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 I see that there is um, an increased recognition um, that that quote unquote digital transformation um, is not just a, a, a big four consulting firm buzzword. Um, there's some real <laughs> there's some real work going on there. Um, my what I would encourage is is some local procurement policies um, where where you're going to bias hmm. uh, a, yep. a Calgary company over. Uh, or an Alberta company o- over another, uh, you know, kind of an all else being equal, or even a, again, like when we started our consulting firm years ago, yeah, we'll give you a chance. You know, you may not have a really strong track record, um, but we'll give you a chance. I think some of the challenge we've had in this city in the past is, is well, you know, not invented here is really good because, you know, someone else somewhere else is using it. That must mean it's okay. Uh, and if oh yeah that that the rush to be number two not number well, one that, right? that's right in and, terms and of so adoption. you don't even necessarily need to be wildly bleeding edge I've just you know in, in my experience seen 
some choices that get made based on, well, you know, somebody in Vancouver is using this, I guess that must make it good. Um, whereas, you know, your only customers are in Calgary. I don't know. I'm not sure I trust that. You know, there's sort of a weird that, you know, that, that can happen. So no, it's very prevalent. It comes up frequently on the, yeah. on the show. Lots of guests talk about that. And you know, where is that? Like we're so proud, but yet we're so hesitant and cautious around local. Like it's interesting. It kind of, it's like, we speak almost about both sides of our mouth around the same thing. right? Yeah. And, and you know, I, I, I guess I, I'm one of the dying breed of, of, of globalists out there, but uh, look, government should look to find a way to do the same thing. You know, have some local procurement policies, mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know, the provincial and municipal government. I uh, should say, you know what, we're going to find a way to bias uh, Calgary or Alberta companies in, in our procurement process. And I know there's some free trade rules. Oh, when I hear stories about, about companies that are hired abroad for something that I know there's a good company here, that's just, I'm like that. It just fundamentally somehow doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, <laughs> well, I, I, I absolutely agree. So, you know, uh, look, having, having seen government close up, uh, I understand why uh, there is caution and you've got to have very rigid procurement rules. Yes. I mean, it, it cannot be arbitrary. Can it, you can't have favoritism. Uh, you know, yes, that, that, that kind of thing could in the worst case scenarios skew to cronyism. You got to be careful, obviously about that. Well, the reason we have the rules we have is because things were maybe abused at a different error in a different time, right? <laughs> well, that's right. You know, at the same time, what we're dealing with, the way things are now are also not good. Uh, and so I guess I yeah, would look at yeah. that and say, look, we're, there's a trade-off to be had here. Um, I'd go so far as to say, I'm willing to take a bit of risk and say, you know what? It's not always going to go perfect. There might be some company somewhere that turns out to be a complete disaster and, and oops, then that's too bad. Um, but to me, the benefit that's created uh, it accelerates the creation of that talent ecosystem of, of all the business experience. If you can say, hey, you know, I've, there's a $50 billion uh, government uh, and I'm working and our company has a contract to do whatever amazing thing we do, that helps you build a platform to now scale outside of your province, outside of your country to go global. Um, you know, those are, you know, uh, there's a lot of benefit there. Uh, and, and even if you end up with a, 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 a even, ho you know, hopefully small percentage of things that just frankly don't work, uh, to me, that is a price worth paying. Well, there's lots of different versions of investing local, right? And hearing you talk about that, and there's there's lots of ways to move money and talent around, and it being okay that you know sometimes things might fail, and we won't get into some of the economic pro programs that are in place, which you know where it almost feels like the cards are being held too closely with this fear of failure versus getting out there and failing forward like you commented on on earlier but that's almost a whole nother day for a whole nother podcast <laughs> sounds like fun let's 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 make that the next one we'll, we'll, we'll get it we'll get it in the books well, Greg, thanks for coming on and sharing your views i really appreciate your perspective and again not knowing your full story to really appreciate the the building a company from scratch then moving into government and having those two different perspectives and and being being a born and bred calgarian and a proud calgarian i can hear i can hear loud and clear as well and getting out there and uh, and putting your money where your mouth is and investing into the the startup ecosystem in Calgary. That's fantastic. Yeah, thanks, Tyler. It's been really good. And, and you know, thank you for doing this. This is uh, this is awesome. And and you've had some amazing. Ah, people, thank you. I appreciate the feedback uh, on this on this podcast. So I'm uh, I'm uh, I was looking at the list of people wondering why why I'm on that list, but uh, but I <laughs> <laughs> you're not. The, it, it's amazing how humble uh, very successful people are that I talk to. They're like, well, okay, if you want to have me on the show, I like I don't know what I've got to share, and it's great. I I always joke. I would I would do this if no one else listened just because I selfishly get to have these fantastic conversations. Well, that's awesome. <laughs> audience of one, audience of one over here. Keep it up, man. Keep but, it up. Uh, uh, Greg, is there any way if anybody wants to get a hold of you, reach out, connect, 
uh, get a hold of RA2, find out what you guys are about. This is I'm all about blatant plugs and uh, and openly promoting people that I think are doing awesome things. So what's the best way for people to get in touch with you? you got the, the website is ra2.io. That's ra, the number two, dot io. Uh, you can find me through that. Uh, my personal email, greg at greg-clark.ca. Uh, find me on LinkedIn. I'm not a huge social media guy these days, not 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 huge on Facebook or Twitter, but uh, they're still alive. So if you want to poke me there, I'm probably probably respond eventually. Uh, so so many ways to communicate these days, yeah, right? Yeah, you got it. <laughs> Thank you, Greg. It was an absolute pleasure having you in the show. Enjoy the rest of your day and have a fantastic weekend. Love it. You too.